And we're back with episode 27 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Bryn Jackson. This week, we're talking to Kim Boss and Cap Watkins. Cap, you've heard before, back on episode seven, Kim is his wife. It's a couple of designers. I don't know how they do it because I would tear my hair out. But, <laughs> but they make it work. They make it work. They, uh, they worked at Etsy together. And since then, uh, she's gone to Flatiron Health and now Cover. It's paywithcover.com. You know Cap. VP of Design at BuzzFeed. Mr. Big Shot VP at, at the BuzzFeed. This was an awesome episode. They flew out from New York and they are sat so in, friendly. They're so nice, but they sat in my kitchen. They came out to San Francisco. I got to hug Cap. We got to hug Cap. And it was an awesome episode. We really enjoyed talking with them. If you enjoyed the episode, hit us up on Twitter. Give us a follow. We're at Design Details FM. We would love to chat with you if you have thoughts, suggestions, criticisms, or Tweet comments. Tweet at us, DM us. Our, our DM inbox is wide open. You can DM us even if we don't follow you. It's pretty handy. You can also go back to iTunes, rate us, subscribe. That pushes up the charts. Still trying to beat that jerk Leo Laporte to number one. He's got the top three spots on lock. Let's, let's change that. That'd be great. Let's do it. We have no sponsors this week, so you get to just enjoy the episode. Let's get into it with Cap Watkins and Kim Boss. What are you guys working on? Kim. Oh, man. Yeah. Etsy. Well, so actually, I'm at Cover now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. did see that. Yeah. So Cover is based out of New York, but mm-hmm. um, it's essentially like a payments platform for restaurants. So you go into- Cover pay, right? Pay with Cover. Like yeah. Pay with Cover. Yeah. There are many- many <laughs> ways that, that you I can put that it. together pay with cover cover pay you're covered uh we try them all <laughs> <laughs> still finding the right one yeah yeah Take i mean that's the whole get. thing it's like it's super early stage mm-hmm. right so there's a lot of experiments going on how did you get started with them uh yeah that's a good question so i actually met andrew who's one of the co-founders um probably a couple of years ago when they were first getting started they were actually friends with cap and um i thought it was a cool idea we sort of we tried it out uh when it was like beta beta um and then one of my former colleagues from etsy uh came on board there and um, one of our favorite pms Right, right. He was someone that I worked, Frank Harris, he was someone that I worked really close with at Etsy. Uh, And when a designer works really well with a product manager, you know you have something super magical. You nomad together from company to company. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is, I think we need two data points to make a trend. Okay. This is the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, we'll see. All All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I like, I'm sort of inherently really interested in the food space. Like, um, if anyone follows cap or I on Instagram or socially, you see that we're like, oh my God, constantly <laughs> cooking at home and Dude, eating amazing me. things. So, um, that's also part of it. And the team is just like really awesome. I think it was the sunny side up one that just got me. That was all like, Kim too. I'm just taking the plums, photos. peaches, something like that. <laughs> taking all the photos. credit more like, yeah, she, makes, know, she, right? she, the, she can cook an egg. I don't understand. I can't cook an egg. Well, it was like yogurt and plums or something like that. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Looked awesome. I do the plating. That's the, that's the deal we that's have. That's kind of oh, the that's deal. That's a skill. Yeah. That's yeah. the deal we have. Yeah. yeah. It kind of hurts my designer ego a little bit that he's, <laughs> he's better at plating than I am. But also, I just, I just want the best presentation. You're better at the execution so. and I'm better at the plating. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Guys, that's cute. <laughs> so you're like user experience and he's UI? It's funny. It's actually the opposite in our real lives. Like yeah. in the design world, I, like definitely the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that 
you're more UX and I'm more VizD or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. She's a better designer than I am. Definitely. Like, go on. No. <laughs> I'm not stopping Sorry, you. No one was questioning that. <laughs> we're cap. hanging out after this. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been at Cover for six months and, um, the company itself has been around for a couple of years, so it's still a pretty young product. Um, and it's it's definitely like it's definitely new for me. Like after being at Etsy and before that, I was at the New York Times. I'm I'm used to being um, on bigger teams and, and working at things, working on things at a later stage. Are you the only designer there? No, um, there's one other designer, Aaron Shapiro, on the team. Okay. And so it's just the two of us. Uh, getting as much done as we possibly can. We're actually in the middle of a, a redesign right now. So that's really intense for us and super Less exciting. <laughs> Maybe. I don't want to, I have no spoilers. I can't give away the secret. Um, it's Mauve now. That's the, uh, that's what you don't know. Mauve. Is that how they pronounce it in New York? <laughs> yeah. So there is an interesting story behind the purple. Um, the the folks who initially designed the app intentionally chose a dark color mm-hmm. uh, for being in a restaurant and trying to reduce the the lightness of the screen in a dark setting. Oh, that's uh, smart. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So we, yeah, I mean that's something that we kind of think about maybe like keeping if you if we know that you're in a restaurant and you're sort of checking into a table. Um, one, how do we make that as easy as possible? And two, how do we make it as uh, as least disruptive as possible yeah it's kind of interesting when people use dark ui because it kind of feels heavy sometimes or it can feel really really clean yeah and it's just kind of counterintuitive to how you think about it first because everything's white now totally yeah (laughs) and i can tell i can tell you from experience like it's interesting but it does present a lot of challenges because essentially if you're working on a dark color to have things be legible in typography, like essentially you have white, right? And like you don't have that range of grays that you get. Um, designing nice. on a dark UI is so freaking hard. Like to get <laughs> the text right and the contrast and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So you can imagine that might be one of our tenants of the redesign to uh, to lighten things up a bit and give okay. us uh, a sort of bigger range to work with. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're working on your own app now, Cap. I'm working on what? It's been a while. You're it's, working on an app now. It's been, uh, when did we talk? Was it? It was I, episode 10 and this was, is going to be I episode 27. Or you, were you, were, you had just joined. Okay. So it's been maybe four months, three and a half months since we've talked. It was uh, January, third week of January. Wow. Yeah. So I'd been there two weeks at the point that we talked and knew nothing. Crazy. And I still know very little. <laughs> I still yeah, feel like I know changed. very little. <laughs> BuzzFeed just keeps getting like, I keep uncovering more that buzzfeed does it seems to be working so no it's i mean it was working without me so i, I it's still working you haven't um, broken it yet no I we have not well yeah, it's hard to say um no yeah so we're working on a news app uh which we announced a while back and is in beta now uh which is pretty exciting we're kind of like doubling down on the news right now which is pretty cool we've hired like doubling like, down on the news doubling down on news <laughs> well buzzfeed does all sorts of stuff right how, how do you make it clickbaity though we don't have to. The, <laughs> the news is exciting on its own. We don't have to do anything with it. What? Um, but we have, I mean, it's pretty interesting. I, what I didn't know when I joined BuzzFeed was they have uh, this huge editorial staff and they've hired uh, tons and tons of news folks and like a bunch of Pulitzer Prize winners are working on staff now. And uh, wow. I was in a meeting with one of them who's running our investigations team that does long term investigation uh, pieces. And so we're talking to them a lot. 
about how to, you know, solicit tips and like make sure that they are like, you know, present that that work is presented well uh, and differentiated from the other. Do you have to have like stuff. a journalism board and everything to to like maintain the integrity? Interesting. Or anything like that? A J board? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're still pretty young there. And I think okay. we're probably figuring it out. Uh, Do you have experience with the journalism board? Yeah, it sounds like I'm working on a news app right now. That's uh, interesting. That, that's my day job. Yeah, yeah. Competitors, um, <laughs> less than you'd think. Yeah, um, yeah. No, we actually just started being able to say that it's a news app. That's oh. as much as we can say now. <laughs> there will the be news thing. in it, and it is an app. There will be news of some There's sort. There's going to be text. There's, There's going to be text. some buttons you can click. You may be informed after you use it. It's that, that's <laughs> maybe, maybe, may, I, may, I or think, not, may or may not be. I think the tagline we have on our website is news and analysis without the noise. That's that's all we've announced publicly. People are still like, "What? What do you do? Why, why, why have I never heard of Sidewire?" So hard to boil anything it's down to a tagline. Yeah, it's real tough. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it like being uh, married to a designer? Either of you can answer this question <laughs> at this point. So far, it's been going pretty well. Uh, <laughs> that was a uh, vote of confidence. Okay. Oh boy! Oh boy! You're like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean it's I been take a drink after that. Hold on, <laughs> almost two years now, right? I mean, I don't not, know how long has it been. It, <laughs> a, a year and a half. We're we're both like horrible, horrible. about remembering yeah. the exact day of our anniversary. Twentieth. At least yeah, yeah, yeah. we're both really bad at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like we're in this together. Yeah. Like, we can't blame each other. We for actually it. we actually hung our uh our wedding invite on the refrigerator, and people think it's like they're like, oh, that's very sentimental, but it's not that. It's that neither of us can ever remember the day. And so we know that there's a physical location we can look at to find the date yeah, that yeah. we got married. You're going to be so. like 60 and still have the same invitation. Oh, it's great. Like I'm super yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's not. It's like not only being married and being designers, we also worked together initially. Yep. So That's how we met. Yeah. At, at Etsy? Yeah, we had the same. We were both design managers of yeah. the product design team. We had exactly the same job. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that I sounds guess, frustrating. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Yeah, we actually work really, really well together. Um, yeah. You know when you uh, when you work somewhere and you find, and hopefully you find more people like this wherever you work, but like you find someone who's on the same wavelength as you are, where mm-hmm. you talk to them and yeah. you both like realize you believe the same things and you want the same things for the team or whatever you're working on. Your Goonies. Yeah, the Goonies. Right. right? We talked about this last time, <laughs> uh, and uh, so we. I mean, we. I'd hung out with the other design manager at the time and he was great. But then like Kim and I talked and I was like, this is it. Like, this is the person we're going to, I'm going to get a lot done with like this person. And I can like do a lot of stuff and be like super impactful. Uh, and that turned out to be true. And, then, and so we started hanging out a lot and, uh, and yeah, and then she broke up with her boyfriend and now we're, oh. Now we're married. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets are coming and out. Yeah, the other man. <laughs> Sorry, we had a deal. That's, we were we were talking about what not to talk about. This didn't come up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So we like we got together, and it turns out that that stuff uh, uh, rolls into translates our personal well. lives. Yeah, it translates well into our personal lives too. We yeah. still get a lot done, and uh, it's pretty awesome. It's nice to be able to like. I was a uh, been working on branding for like the news app and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i was sitting at a bar drinking like after work and like working on that and kim drops by and i'm just like what do you I, i'm like stuck i've done all these iterations like what do you think and she's i don't know about this and then of course that's like the right answer right uh 
that's awesome yeah it's awesome it's so yeah. so good it takes that always right thing to like the next level where it's in your work <laughs> <laughs> it's true hopefully it's not that bad <laughs> no it's not so uh, yeah. kim you left etsy first then yeah, I left Etsy about a year ago okay. um, and went to this startup, Flatiron Health. Uh, they're actually in the oncology space and they're doing really amazing work. They're um, offering essentially like analytics to to cancer practices. So I was there for four months or so and then transitioned to cover. Yeah. Okay. And then... Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I, I don't Classic wanna, Brian. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know, four months at, at Flatiron was, like, did you just not like it there? Or oh, yeah, that's a good question. A um, I, yeah, when I went to Flatiron, I, I came on as design director and had every intention of, like, sort of being there and building a team. But, um, yeah, it was the first time that, like, I had ever gone to a place and, and kind of felt like, maybe this wasn't the best fit for me. And this is like not a reflection on the team or the product. Like they're doing really meaningful stuff and they're actually like really successful in that space. Um, but it was more about it not being a good fit for me. And so Mm. I kind of like, I kind of, I do like to feel invested in places and be there for a few years. And so I thought it was like, the best call for me and for them to just be honest with that up front. And uh, it was a tough decision. It was a super hard decision. What did it take um, for you to realize that? Because that's kind of hard for a lot of people to be like, well, they gave me this job and I said I would join up. So Right. Yeah. Uh, That's a good question. Um, I think it was, it was kind of one of these like uh, things like, am I going to be happy in this job for like, you spend so much time at work, Mm -hmm. right? Like, majority of your time is spent like half your life yeah i spend more time with like my team at cover than i do with cap (laughs) so it's you know it's like kind of that like sorry i mean it's true it's just like the way that things like shake out um and so it's just like one of these things of like i know it's not even selfish it's just like you got to be happy right yeah absolutely Um, and especially like what they're doing is so like, again, it's like so meaningful. It's in onco- oncology. Like mm-hmm. they, they very much have the opportunity to, uh, to shape and, and influence the future of that stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, you just, you deserve someone who's in it 100%. So you went from design manager Etsy to like a design manager ish at Flatiron. Yeah. And now you're back. Well, design just, director or design director. Now you're yeah. back in the trenches. Like yeah. doing design. How's that yeah. transition been? Uh it's been good. I always really I always sort of really liked being an IC, to be honest. Um and when I have been in management roles, it's kind of been uh by IC you mean individual contributor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like sort I'm of surprised like, at how many people ask me like what IC means. Yeah. Like, that's very manager term that I've just realized it tends to be I just like it tends to be a thing at larger companies but a lot of people just don't right right right, so many of our listeners are on like small teams they just never hear that stuff they're like of course they're individual contributors like that's all they can be right exactly so I I really enjoy like the the design execution part of it it's actually one of the things that I find like most satisfying of the job but um I also care very much about the team and the development of the team and design's relationship to the rest of the company and, you know, planning and that sort of stuff. And so, um, especially at Etsy, like I, I, 
I found myself like stepping into that role because it was a role that needed to be filled at the time. And um, there's I, a sim- I got there and you were already like, you'd already scheduled design critiques and stuff on your own as a designer with, before you were a manager at all. Yeah. Because you just knew it needed to happen. Yeah, the so. team was transi- transitioning um, from like, you know, when I came on board, Etsy was like 200 people. Uh, there were about seven designers and that's like both product design and brand design. And then when I left seven for 200, holy crap. Yeah. yeah. And when I left, uh, Etsy was like at 700 people and we had a team of like 25 product designers. And then I don't even know how many folks were on brand studio at it that point, probably like, like 10 or 14. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. And, um, the team was split between like Brooklyn and Berlin at that point. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of, of growth that happened during that time. And, um, just figuring out, how does that scale? Like, how do how do designers um, like share their work with each other and talk with each other and get feedback and operate in these like independent teams, but also still feel like you're designing the same product? And then also like, what is your relationship with uh, the rest of the product org? What is your relationship with product management, engineering? This is like the exact question I'm trying to figure out right now. Except we're 35 people, so like yeah. nowhere near that size. <laughs> so share share the lessons. Like you're sure two Buzz designers. Feeds. We're two designers, 35 people. Last time we talked, he was the only one. That's true. He, you something nice. somebody. We've doubled the team actually. <laughs> <laughs> In the last two months, we've They're doubled one hundred percent growth. Percent <laughs> growth month over month. <laughs> yeah, but like um, you know, we started doing design critiques and like yep. Um, but yeah, the like working on you have different people working on different areas of the product and like how do you keep that in sync and especially stuff with like yeah even just visual consistency, like how do you keep that in check as different people start working on all these different corners of the product, right? Yeah. Dog ads. Yeah, docu- <laughs> no, seriously oh, though, yeah, like, really, yeah. documentation yeah. is incredibly mm. important and just um, having a shared pool of resources that designers can go to uh, when they're starting a new project from like um, sketch templates to like, yep. like living style guides, that sort of thing. Um, documentation is like, where it's at the hardest thing i've found about working by myself versus working with a team is like how much of it you keep in your head and it's just not communicated with people at any time (laughs) no it's definitely not and you just kind of forget about it my wife's looking at me (laughs) (laughs) and it can get messy i mean i think i think on some level that the documentation i have to say i think was like a little bit easier at etsy than it is at cover because now I'm on a design team of two, like you, and um, it's much it's That's much familiar. earlier. It's early stage, and we're like right. we're it trying could be in your heads because there's just two well, yeah. How long has two been around? Two years. Okay. Uh, but Aaron and I, I, like I said, I've been there six months, and Aaron came on board in late January, early February. Okay. Yeah. So we inherited a lot and are trying to design wise push forward a lot of things, but also. Uh, from a business perspective, like we're still trying to figure things out and that requires a lot of experimentation. And sure. we're, um, me mm. especially, I'm executing both on like product and also like marketing. So like mm-hmm. I was sending things to print today, That's <laughs> true. which I hadn't done That's in a long time. Wow. <laughs> technically, yeah. yes. technically, technically, yes. But too hard. yeah, I'm going to take those vacation no days vacation. back. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm planning to edit podcasts on my flights. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that's the hardest part about any any of this stuff is just like the scaling is difficult because it's hard to know. It's hard to remember to think about the practicalities of scaling. You see this all the time. I mean, BuzzFeed had this too, where like 
they scaled really fast and all of a sudden we're in a position where things were way messier than they used to be because no one had stopped to like say, oh, wait, we need to put some things in place to make sure this doesn't get messy. Right. It's like you don't realize it's messy until it's too late. Right. And then or not too late, until but it's already it's messy, messy. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, sh- oh, shit, we're in a mess now. Well, you were tweeting the other day about style guide stuff. Yeah. Right. So, you yeah, are, I mean, there was you're, you're there was not really one. Yeah, we are uh, building the we're building an object oriented CSS style guide right now. Um, which what does that mean? I'm, I'm putting code into yeah. right now. What does that mean, Cap? <laughs> what do you mean? What does that mean? Oh, oh, you heard me. So cascading style sheets. Oops. So basically, what we're building is so the interesting thing about something that's so big. I mean, Etsy is the same way. Like Etsy or BuzzFeed, these like pretty broad products. Is it's hard to make a style guide that's so specific that you can't that it you want to be careful to not be too inflexible, mm. right? Um, because we're building a lot of different layouts, we're building a lot of different types of products, uh, and so. What we've been building, what like the goal is to make something that's flexible, but also something that no matter how you kind of build with it will resonate as like a buzz as something that is BuzzFeed, right? Or something that's Etsy. We had that project at Etsy as well. Uh, and so we're building an object-oriented CSS style guide, which is basically um, a very abstracted CSS framework. Uh, it's very skeletal. Uh, you can think about Bootstrap, but Bootstrap is actually, I even think, way more opinionated than we're even being. Uh, about what things should look like. Uh, it's mostly about how can we make dev very fast, um, make it so when you're reading HTML, it's pretty like simple to understand what's going on and that you don't have to write very much CSS uh, to make things look like BuzzFeed. So uh, it's hard to explain, like we're getting super nitty gritty, but it's things like uh, if you want to use padding or margin, we have classes that, ha- that are padding and margin classes with different steps in them, like zero through four, uh, which are on a like, you know, rem scale, which moves them. So you will always be on the same exact scale, right? And we only have six typefaces, which are H1 through H6, and that's it, period. And that's all you get. Uh, and so you work with those. And so, uh, I mean, Etsy had this problem too, but at BuzzFeed, one of the front ends was talking, did a tech talk where he was like, we have 138 type sizes on the website right now, and we have, you know, 85 different ways we call the same typefaces over and over and over. And I it's mean, just the latest like, thing is to like survey how many like colors. Colors, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, oh God, I think I don't even want to think about. I it. mean, it's these massive code colors. bases, like They're huge, yeah. right? And so this is a way to not do that anymore. And you can just say like, I just want this fill like fill with this color, and it just works. And you're not writing any CSS. It's just HTML class names. So, uh, um, for listeners, I think one of the best resources I ever found was CSSStats.com. And you like Very oh yeah that's yeah. uh so mr misses right the, freaking good. Uh, or murmurs, yeah, it's, yeah it's either brent jackson or yeah murmurs yeah yeah it's murmurs okay yeah brent brent uh they work together jackson on works at etsy oh really yeah interesting yeah we hired him at etsy he uh he is awesome. he's my evil twin <laughs> it's, i can see that <laughs> i could see that nice no he uh so actually at um buzzfeed i have i got one of the teams using his framework base css uh okay. because they need, i've like, heard the internal wonderful things something. about it it's awesome Wait, i've actually like for CSS? our thing Base CSS, B A S S CSS. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I um, It's really great. He just made a huge update to it, and it's like it's uh, really powerful and really simple. And I've actually been trying to take a lot of cues from how he wrote that for how we're writing like the BuzzFeed style guide. Um, but yeah, so we've been working on that. 
But yeah, trying to scale it practically, scale the stuff practically is really tough. And I think the other thing is as you grow. So when we, even at Etsy, when we grew the team out, like one of the most important things to us was transparency uh, across the designers because you need yeah. one, like a designer over here to see what a designer over here is working on so they can cross the wires if they need to, right? Where they're like, oh, wait, like we're going to run into each other. Um, and it goes beyond design. It's also like yeah. transparency with engineering, transparency, obviously, with product management, transparency right. with like, Everyone. Just the company yeah. in general. Like right. we're we're a design team of two, but the company's like thirty. I think we're working at like very similar <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh but we're we're like sharing every step of our process with the entire team and then right. some, right? Just making sure that like it, it avoids surprises, right? Yeah. And you get buy-in early and um also you get meaningful feedback that actually makes your work better. Right. <laughs> Well, and the challenge, though, is that like as you grow, and we saw again, we saw Etsy actually was talking to a few of the Etsy designers the other day about this, and they were complaining about it. Was uh, you know you get up to 28, 30 designers, and so when you were only two or ten sharing stuff on Basecamp, which is the tool we used and are using it all at both of our companies now um, to share design work. You're still both using Basecamp. Yeah, yeah, we're okay. using Basecamp just just for design work. Like it's not project management or anything. It's more like just design documentation cool. uh, and discussion. And so. Uh, but the problem is when you're only two people, it makes a lot of sense and because you're reading everything. And even when you're 10 people, you're able to like keep up with everything. But once you hit, there's a critical mass where you cannot. Like yeah. A designer just can't keep up with everything. And that also means that sometimes designers don't get feedback in Basecamp. Uh, even though people look at it, there's just nothing to say or like they think it's good enough and they don't say anything because they just don't have time. Uh, and so what you hear a lot is designers just that the individual designers don't understand the point of sharing mm-hmm. because they're not getting anything out of it necessarily but you you have to try to convince people that the point is not like your personal benefit it's actually this it's the ambient information sharing you're socializing keeps it out of your head and on everyone else like right it makes it really easy if somebody ever asks like where is it you know like or what is this project just to be able to point to something right over here Right here. Go yeah. look at it. It's right here. As opposed to, it's in this person's head. Go find them. Oh, wait, they're on vacation. <laughs> right? Or whatever, right? It's like, <laughs> Shit. It's like yeah. oops, uh, we don't know what's going on in this project. So if Basecamp is just for design, are, is anyone else getting in there? Yeah, product managers, engineers. Okay. Yeah, it's just, we just don't do, we use like Jira for product man, for project management. And uh, I mean, everybody's just using their own tools. But Basecamp, we found at Etsy to be really, really useful just, just mm-hmm. for like posting design work to get You guys feedback. use Slack or anything? You Slack at BuzzFeed. Yeah, we actually, we use HipChat. I mean, it's... Yeah! Wow. <laughs> you know, are we working at the same company? <laughs> I know, right? This is bizarre. Cover, buffer. <laughs> Bizarro <laughs> company. Buffer? Is that what Buffer. Buffer. They're your own Brent Jackson. Our evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> East Coast twin. No, let's see, they built their own... A couple engineers and a designer built their own basically version of Slack that was yeah. r- running on IRC, mm-hmm. and it, they're using that at BuzzFeed. No, at Etsy. At Etsy. Oh. Yeah, like I feel like Etsy engineering is basically like, oh, there's an internal, there's a tool out there. We'll build our own. <laughs> we'll build, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> we'll build it internally. Like, yeah. I mean, like it's actually pretty awesome. It's a really great. That's one of my favorite parts of that culture, mm. for sure. Yeah. So we've been using Wake to do that same thing. Using oh we we started using Wake a little bit we beta tested it for a while at BuzzFeed it just wasn't it's not the same uh, like the discussion threads just aren't the same it's so just, we actually have it feeding through webhooks directly into a feedback channel in Slack so everyone mm, sees it all the time and like I can see that everyone's in the feedback channel so that like everyone gets an alert <laughs> everyone goes and talks about it it's 
been really helpful. How many people are using that? I mean, our whole team's like eight, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm the only designer. <laughs> well, you're fine. Yeah. I can't imagine. My, I have in my email right now, I think, tw- as of t- like just today, I think 12 or 14 Basecamp threads that have updated with like new design work. That and sounds like, terrible. Very long, like very long in-depth posts about like why the work exists and what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish and stuff. So. It, okay, so are they be, justifying I'm, it to you or they're getting your approval? Is that what's happening? No, it's or? not me. They're just, they, again, like it's mostly documentation, right? We yeah. want it out of your head onto, into a tool so that like, again, if anybody ever asks like, why are we doing this? I don't have to try it. I don't have to try to figure it out because I don't know, mm-hmm. right? I'm not on the team on that particular like team that's working on it. So it's, um, it's just like socializing the design process and your thought process and um, how you iterate on ideas to a solution, right? Um, it's a very like passive way to be able to keep up with projects. Socialist it's really design. I like that. <laughs> yeah, design, right? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, let's bring that back. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I feel like that's getting taken well, out of context. It's very Scandinavian of you. <laughs> well, it's really important what? for the designers to, I think one of the biggest challenges for designers is to learn to articulate like why their work exists and why they're doing yeah. it. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, which is especially it's hard, hard when it, like it's a really small design team. Cause then you yeah. have to explain it to engineers and project managers and people who like, don't usually care about a lot of the, like the nitty gritty stuff. I mean, that's right, kind yeah. of the best thing about it though, is like we do get our, you know, engineering partners chiming in on the base oh, camp. Yeah, the and so they, they like share the the journey with us. So they, like I'm saying, they understand why we've made all of these decisions. Okay. And, well, and they've helped make them. Right. Which is exactly. like the cool part. So by the time you get into development, there's no, Oh wait, I didn't make this decision. I think this is stupid. We shouldn't do this. Like it, it's no, no, no. Like, I'm going to defend this. Like builds, everybody on the team should defend it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it builds empathy. It builds like there's, it builds like a shared sense of momentum. Right. Um, you feel like you're building the same project. Right. Well, it helps you level up as a designer. I mean, it's hard to, I feel like the other thing is a lot of the ways we help designers or tell designers they need to articulate this stuff is in person in front of people. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty frightening. I mean, to a lot of people is like, Oh, I'm in front of a room of people who I perceive as smarter than me or like, or leadership or whatever. And that's, Pretty frightening place to try to articulate your work, if especially if you're more junior. Oh yeah. Um, but Basecamp is a place where you're by yourself at your desk, right? And then you post this stuff, and you get a lot of like very helpful feedback, right? You get, I mean, everybody really cares about you, and they're helping you. But it's all like through text, uh, and not so much. Oh, I'm in a room, and I'm on the spot. I'm in the spotlight. It helps you start to learn how to justify your design work, and then talk about it, um, which I feel like, think is like super, super valuable. Um, for anybody you ever run into a problem of people going beyond justifying design and like arguing their point not in base camp so much i mean you get it i mean you that's it always had always i, I, I always do, question I still do that so. i always question am i justifying my thought process or am i arguing it beyond where people are like okay i just don't care that much like that's <laughs> that's always a concern i have yeah I, I i was talking to a designer about this the other day i think uh not that particular thing but uh so there's a story i was working at let's see I was working on my first big project with uh, this engineer, Andrew, and he he and I would argue a lot about product decisions we were making <laughs> a lot, like all the time over the most piddly crap, uh, the stupidest Are stuff. Are you talking about the scale? Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, the scale. Yeah. And so this is useful. This is really, useful. This is good advice. And so we use this all the all time, the time. <laughs> like in our in our relationship. We use this advice. So so he and I are arguing one day again over this like I don't even remember some stupid UI thing and it goes on and on for 20 minutes and finally Handy goes whoa, whoa, whoa hold on I'm a 2 out of 10 on this what are you 
And I was like, what do you, if I'm arguing with you, I'm like a nine. Like that's like at the point that you and I spent 20 minutes on this, I'm a nine. And he goes, oh, well, that's fine. We'll do it your way. And it was over. This whole conversation was over. And I had no idea. So Jeez, first Andy, of all, I learned that day that Andy was, Andy just likes to argue. <laughs> like that was, that's just, that's just <laughs> that's how he rolls. Advice, yeah. And then the other thing was just the fact that he was able to articulate uh, and think about how much he cared about this particular decision mm-hmm. really like has stuck with me ever since. And there are many, many, many times now where uh, I'm in some conversation where I disagree with somebody and I kind of gut check and I go, okay, well wait in the grand scheme of everything. Do I want to spend my 10 out of 10 on this or do I want to, or do I not care that much? Right? Because if I am a two out of 10 and I act like I'm a 10 out of 10, like, my dad said something once when I was a kid, which was, if everything's an emergency, nothing's an emergency. Yes. Right? right. So if you're always like fighting hard for every decision you ever make, no one's ever going to listen to you and it's really important. Yeah. But if you're able to actually say to somebody, so look, like, I actually don't care that much about this particular thing. Like, let's just try it the way you'd like to try it. Then eventually that builds up enough trust and yes. empathy in relationships that like you can say, no, 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 this is really important. Like I, I, over my dead body that do we do this? And actually the person will say, oh, well, that's different. That's it carries different behavior. Weight. It carries weight, right? right? Right. Who are we talking with that use those exact words? They're like, um, you give up these small battles to build trust uh, with your team. Yeah. I don't know. I don't pay attention. I'm like asleep over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, just, the point, I actually just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's so true. Um, it's a tough skill to learn. It's tough to yeah. even know. It's tough to catch in the middle of it because it's so easy yeah. to argue. And to remove your Especially like, will when you're, like, to win, in the heat which of it. so many yeah. designers oh, yeah. have. Like, yeah. It's yeah. will to be It right. takes a, a large amount of humility to be able to be like, okay, I'm just done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean, there, like, there are fights you don't start because I, like, there are fights I don't start because I know it's, I'm a two out of 10 before I even start them. Mm. Right? right. I see, I see some, like, some thing come through that I'm like, ugh, really? And, and I realize I'm just like, no, 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 this isn't worth it. It's just not worth it. Like, let it ride. And like, it's going to be fine. And that's the other thing. A lot of the little small stuff that you feel two out of 10 on gets worked out anyway. Yeah. That's the thing. Like you're a two out of 10 out, two out of 10 on it. You argue about it. And then like, chances are, especially if you're in software development, you're going to redesign it in like six weeks. Anyways, <laughs> so, or the data proves well, wrong. Like, the other exactly, thing. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Neither you one of you actually and knows what like, the no, answer fuck is. You. Right. <laughs> And then it's done. Right. This is the other thing. Yeah, you're right. You're we're all wrong anyway. Yeah. Right. It's just like that's the other thing about all of this is just, it's like, just like how long can you be right before you're wrong? Right. Right. <laughs> Not very much. Amazing. It's actually how wrong can you be before you're finally right? Sure. Once is kind of how it works most of the time for us. I think. So I'm curious, Cap. You you're the VP of design at BuzzFeed. Yes. VP of unnecessary redesign. Although hilariously, <laughs> there's no P of design. Just I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. There's no P of design. President. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No P. I like to say P of design. <laughs> There's no P of design. I just needed to clarify. So now that you've been there a few months, P comma like, design. What? What does that mean to be a VP of design at a company of BuzzFeed size? Uh, a lot of things. Um, it's funny when I first got there, or before I even got there, they had asked me about potentially changing my title just to being VP of product design, and we talked about it a little bit, and actually they decided that it wasn't the right thing to do they, they were like well we just want to see we're not really sure what um like what's needed or what's necessary so we're going to leave it as vp of design and like like kind of kind of let you discover what is necessary and where you're most impactful and things so um 
What would be the difference between design and product design there? Well, so design at BuzzFeed encompasses tons and tons of stuff. So there's uh, there's product design, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, we have a marketing design team. Yep. We have a bunch of editorial designers. We have like illustrators, graphic designers, photo editors. That's um, that's something I was wondering about. Like, isn't that your product in a lot of ways? In a lot of ways. I mean, actually, I was talking to the news team when I was doing some of the branding for the app, and uh, I was like, "Look, we were brainstorming about, you know, what do we want this to be? What do we not want it to be?" And uh, I said, look, at the end of the day, we want all these things and I can brand something that kind of portrays that. But if the content, like it's the content's going to make it yeah. like I could make a terrible brand if I, if like, if that's what happened. And if your content was amazing, it wouldn't matter. Like the thing that I'm doing isn't as important as the thing you're doing um, to the editors that were working on this stuff. And it's you're totally, like totally, totally true. But right. No, I mean, <laughs> I just true. don't like, it's just true. I want the, like, the truth is that if you look across things that are super successful, like there are many, many things that are that we would consider not well designed that are incredibly successful because of the content Craigslist. is so good. I mean, I saw what is it? Uh, Jason Fried tweeted about Drudge Report, which has never changed design ever, and it's got a huge like user base and like huge readership, mm-hmm. and that design's insane, right? The design is like absolutely insane, and but the content <laughs> is what people want. Like, he has a huge readership that like really wants to read that content. Um, and it's not to say that like we shouldn't design things well and we shouldn't try to make them legible and make them like not so dense, but uh, but the the truth is that the content is if, if even if I design something beautiful, if the content sucks, it doesn't matter. Right. So um, so anyway, there's all these design pot like these little pockets of design all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing at BuzzFeed is this: there's a lot of first time managers, uh, and so I have actually found a lot of my impact to be that. Uh, I'm having one-on-ones with folks who are managing for the first time. And they're not even part of the design organization necessarily, but uh, we'll get coffee once every couple of weeks and just talk about how it's going and kind of the struggles they're facing as just managers, like forget the design stuff. Um, but yeah, so I've had to discover like what the most, what's the most bang for BuzzFeed's buck with me? Like what can I actually give them? Um, so I've been helping them hire like creative directors for the editorial department, even though those people will not like report directly to me. I don't really care. Um, but I'm helping them do that, helping them find art directors. Um, I'm starting like a brand design team. So I'm hiring a creative director for that and a few designers to like start that team up. Uh, so it just kind of varies. I mean, there's going to be, you know, swag building design, uh, for the new office in December. And, uh, obviously brand work and product yeah. work and it's just it's really large what are the most common struggles you see for new design managers i mean the same struggles for any manager i feel like manager is such a um like the struggles are all the same i mean talking to non-design managers like i said i'm getting i'm having one-on-ones with people who just want management advice and they all have the same problems right uh i think management's really tricky it's hard to strike a balance between I guess design managers, this is a pretty good, this is pretty uh, specific to them, but you, there's a fine line between directing the work, right? And actually like, and helping the people doing the work, right? You don't want, like part of your job is to make sure that the work is good. Like that's absolutely like the job of a design manager. And my job too, is to make sure that the work is good. It's consistent. It's holistic. It makes sense in the grand scheme of the things we want to do. But there's also the other part of it where it needs to belong to the people doing it right to the designers doing the work and they need to feel supported. Um, and that's a really difficult balance to strike. And 
actually, I, I think my job's harder than it was as a design manager because now I'm managing managers and I really have no idea what the hell I'm doing with that. <laughs> it's so now different. You're two levels deep. It's so different yeah. because like with a designer, you see an artifact, right? Of the, of the relationship you have with them. So you're pushing a designer to increase their skill and to maybe reach beyond what they thought was possible before. Uh, and you can see that happen with the work. But with a manager, you don't, I'm not in the one-on-ones, right? Like the, this manager's having one-on-ones with, their, with the people that report to them and the people that they're supporting. And I do not know the content of those conversations. I don't know the tone of those conversations. And so it's really hard to give direct feedback mm. to somebody. Um, and so a lot of it is just like, it's way more, I, I trust the, I used to trust a lot as a design manager, but now I have to trust a whole lot because I really don't have any other way to know what's really going on and that's I'm like that's one of those things that always terrifies me just talking about it right now I'm just like I have this like tightness in my chest where I'm like oh my god I don't know what's happening I'm Um, I'm always so uncomfortable letting someone else take the reins of something like I'm like okay I trust myself to do it it probably won't be like 10 out of 10 but I know I'll at least get like a 7 out of 10 and I'll I'll be comfortable with it right man I am terrified to like let someone else just do the work that is going to have my name stamped on it and it freaks me out well, you've read, have you read the Simon Sinek book, Start With Why? Nope. Um, it talks a lot about just, you know, that the most important thing is to find people to believe what you believe. Mm. Um, not that act the same way that you do or like, you know, uh, do things the same exact way, but at a high level, believe why, the why of like, yeah, why not are you the same and copy of like yourself reasoning, someone right. that has like a similar drive. Or it's like the wavelength. Purpose. Like Kim and I aren't the same person, but we knew when we talked that we were on the same wavelength. We had the same like goals and beliefs for like at a big level for the team right and so you want that in designers and you also want that in design managers i think it's like the way you're able to give it up a little bit give up the reins and give up the controls that mm-hmm. okay I, I know that we all believe the same thing and the goal is the same so when we have conversations about it we're all trying to get to the same place and so at least like that gives you hope that you're that you're if someone's way off the reservation and they totally believe that the team should be something completely different you're in a lot of trouble Right, that's when you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But yeah, when, right when you just can't find like a common base for reasoning, right? Because then it's not even worth arguing, right? Well, then you're trying to build two completely different things, yeah, right? And they're probably at odds, and that's not going to be good for the team. But luckily, the two design managers that are that are at BuzzFeed now are like definitely on the same wavelength and definitely trying to build like something awesome. How many people are on the team there? Oh, what do we have now? I think we just hired number fifteen or sixteen on the product design team. Okay. Um, two designers in LA uh, on the video. And you were just out there? Uh, I'm actually going out there next week. Wow. Yeah, I was actually just out there as well. But it's quarterly review time, so I'm going out there to deliver the quarterly reviews. Yeah. And And you're on the opposite end where it's like nothing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is where I live, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very much on the smaller side. But you come from design management at thinking. a bigger so scale, yeah. Really, like, yeah, so like, you know, when the company scales, we're all set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like the perfect person. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's kind of the thing. Like, that's part of the reason I'm really excited to be there in addition to like the product and the team is to be able to like lay the foundation. And of course, we will make mistakes, but um, having experience working at a larger scale, working on larger teams we can avoid some things at least, um, mm. which is really exciting to me. So do you see yourself moving back to the design manager role? Yeah, eventually? totally, okay. totally. Like, 
I want to, like Cap is saying, like you hire people that you trust, right? And and hire people that are better than you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and I'm super excited to put those people in place so that uh, my job is really going to be thinking about uh, design at cover and uh, the future of cover and more in a management sense than an execution so are, sense. Are you responsible for hiring new designers as well? Yeah. Are you, okay. Yeah, definitely. What do you... Is that all outbound? Like, do you see someone that you really like and you try and bring them in? Or is that inbound? People? Yeah. I mean, I think we both learned at Etsy the what we found to be successful was an outbound recruiting strategy. Um, though I have seen at Cover, it, it kind of changed a little bit. We actually did get some inbound stuff that was really interesting and okay. met some really great people that way. But generally, I rely like on the, the outbound. Uh, actually, it's like mostly through AngelList. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, Cap, you and I talked like... A year ago or something. Okay, a long time ago, and I remember that I was asking, I was asking hiring advice, and you gave me some great tips for like outbound. It worked really well for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the reason it took so long is because we ended up not doing any outbound Uh, stuff. Um, But you want to share if you remember? It was like the your process of going through Dribble and. Oh yeah, so I'm still. I mean, still doing that now. So. It's it's working less well for managers. It's really hard to find managers. That's like the worst. That's the worst hiring I'm I'm doing right now. I just don't understand it. Um, <laughs> what am I doing? I just don't know where they are. It's hard to, and it's hard to suss out. Again, like a designer's artifact online is so much easier to like immediately understand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, manager's artifact is a LinkedIn profile or something, right? Which I I don't right. know. Which I don't even have. So, um, <laughs> but on. yeah, I mean, hiring designers, I. I remember when we got to Etsy and we were trying to hire folks and uh, I feel like recruiter, there were a recruiting team who was awesome. Just kept sending us people that were not, were not in the, not even in the realm of possibility. And it's just, it's not their fault. It's just like, no, they weren't I design mean, recruiters. On the technical skills? Like, no, just, I mean, even on the design side, you look at a portfolio and just be like, ah, like mm. this isn't even close. It's hard. I think it's hard for a non-designer to yeah. evaluate a design portfolio. Just the same way as like, yeah. it's hard for someone who's not technical to yeah. evaluate someone on a technical. Well, it's a lot of gut instinct spectrum. too, where you kind of can see, like we can see between the lines of a design portfolio, right? Where we go, oh, okay. Like this looks really great, but there's no process here. <clears throat> or, you know, they talk about how they they say we a lot and they show this huge bunch of process and you're wondering which parts of it were theirs, right? You can kind of mm-hmm. like start to pick that stuff apart and you start to learn over time what it means uh, because you start interviewing people and you start to figure out, oh, well, when someone does this, it means this and you can start to figure it out. So Wait, can um, you share more about that? Like what, what do you do when someone in their portfolio uses we and they talk about their team? Because most likely they're working on no, a team. I, and I'm totally down with that. I, I just like, like to ask them exactly like, yeah. What like you do? Like which part of this? I mean, we've seen it even in like interview loops where it falls apart a little bit because we didn't ask that in the phone screens and they're putting it up and then all of a sudden someone asks, well, like, wait, so wait, you did this or someone else did this and it turns out someone else did this. They're like, oh, uh, I thought about it. Right. <laughs> I was in the room when we talked about it and it's like, well, it's not really the same. And again, like I designers out there, I don't care if you didn't do it. That's okay. Like, just be straight with us about right. what you did or didn't mm-hmm. do, because that's the worst thing that could possibly happen is we're in an interview and we find out that you're misrepresenting the work, right? By saying, by using the plural, it's not, it's not an excuse to like show, like say you did stuff, right? right. That you didn't do. Um, but so anyway, so like it became pretty clear pretty quickly that if I started looking for people proactively and like I knew what to look for, 
and got better at it pretty quickly as we started spinning up. Um, and the other thing I, I started thinking about a lot was I have never responded to a recruiter email in my entire life, like ever. Yep. Um, never, ever. Yeah, and there may have been some, <laughs> and there may have been some nice ones. There may have been some really good ones. I mean, what do I know? There yeah. could have been some really yeah. great opportunities in those emails, but immediately, like, I think I just, it feels dirty. Yeah. And it's not just me, <laughs> right? I feel like I hear that a lot where people are just like, Ooh, recruiter emails. Yeah. And I know a lot of really lovely recruiters, really great folks. Like the Etsy recruiting team was awesome. Like they were so, so awesome. Uh, yeah. and, but then I was like, well, what would I want? Right. What would I want as a candidate? The designer there to reach out to right i would want the person who might hire me who might i might work for right to reach out to me and so and i also realized so i started reaching out to folks proactively and i started to get a lot of uh replies even if the reply was no like even if it was just like well i'm not ready right now they give me some details about like oh i just started on this job and maybe in six months and i'd like move them to the bottom of the list and be like six months like reach out to this person um and I started talking to the recruiters about the reply rate and they were just like blown away. I was like, I think I'm getting an 80 to 90% reply rate, what? even just wow. to say no. Like it wasn't all yeses, right? It was yeah. like, but they were just like, holy crap, we don't get any replies, right? I mean, there's just like no replies. Um, and so that seemed to be really successful. And uh, another thing I think is just like, it gives a good feeling about the company that like we're doing that. Like mm-hmm. that it's like, it's not it's personal it's personal for us to reach out to you it, it's us taking time out of our day to sit down and look for people and to reach out to you have right? you brought that same mentality to cover and buzzfeed yeah totally we both cool. have okay yeah, yeah. Awesome. i mean i just like it's too the other thing is i feel like hiring is just so important <laughs> yeah we've seen that over and over if you make like if you make one bad hire it can totally like you, torture culture even if you go through the process and it doesn't work out or whatever like you want someone to have a good experience yeah. with you and the team so yeah. that like i mean w- word of mouth and reputation is everything Big time. um well we're working yeah. from places that don't i mean etsy was a great company but didn't have i don't feel like we when we started we weren't having a ton of people going like oh yeah totally want to work at etsy as a product designer mm-hmm. like that just wasn't a thing that i, I think people were like you know, people are looking for a job and they don't immediately think they weren't immediately thinking like Etsy. Etsy's great. Yeah. Right. right? Even though it totally is. And it totally was. Um, and so our goal was to make that reputation where people would think about it and think really like well of Etsy. And it's the same thing for cover and Buzzfeed. Like, like cover is a very small startup that a lot of people haven't heard of. And Buzzfeed's a place that like, isn't known for great design. Right. And doesn't like, I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody could name someone on the product design team at Buzzfeed, even though they're all awesome. Awesome yeah, so, Sabrina and Capcom. And Sabrina, right. <laughs> but like it's just like it's it's not known for it's not a place where people go like, wow, they're really like it's acquiring not, product designers, it's right? Design no one no one thinks sexy, about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's even though the product design teams are great, like Aaron at cover is one of like our favorite designers. He worked with us at Etsy as well. Yeah. Um but a lot of it's just like trying to build those reputations and it has to start with the people that are doing it. That are actually it's also like just human. Out. Like people are yeah. giving you their time, right? Yep. And uh, you want to like be respectful of that. Yeah. So when Regardless you guys, of how it goes. When you guys are looking at uh, potential candidates, is it mainly just like going through work on things like Dribble and stuff or do, do you dig into their websites and resumes and cover letters and any of that stuff? Or like 
how much that actually matters cover now. Websites, yeah, like inspecting the CSS. Cover letters? <laughs> oh, sorry, I was oh, making a... Was playing on the, you, you, can, you can take these letters to a restaurant and pay without waiting <laughs> for your right. tab to come. It's a cover letter. It's, an IO, it's a cover IOU. Yeah, I reached out to this guy once... Uh, because I was inspecting a CSS because I also <laughs> yeah I mean you, you inspect other men's CSS <laughs> oh we'll my talk god about that later. she's, <laughs> she's viewing their source well I, I mean uh, it can be a quick answer to understanding if someone's technical or not which yeah. is something oh. that we both look for in hiring yeah. on our teams yeah. and refactor some stuff <laughs> no I mean it's like I'm just like looking for clues right yeah. and so like yeah. you know on his about page he had his his the photo of himself like the div was called selfie and I was like okay so he wrote this he wrote this yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh yeah, and That's like great. actually, just like looking at his markup, I was like, I really want to reach out to this guy. Yep, you can. Like, um, and he, he, like had, he didn't have much or, experience well, it says this at is all. Space in the code comments or that whatever, yeah. Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Sent, I sent some code. I sent someone source to one of the designers at BuzzFeed because it was so beautiful, and she was like, "We have to hire this person. This is amazing code." And actually, that How was. How do you know they wrote it though? How do you know that wasn't like a framework or? It, I can't explain. You can just tell when you're looking at it. You can tell class names are a good example of a thing that isn't right. standardized. Note and, to and generally, all there's like there. there's definitely <laughs> like the yeah. There's something in the style sheets or in the head that definitely mentions yeah. if it's a template like you WordPress tell like the, or well, and you can usually tell if the code space. is a huge mess. Like if it's a huge block, you know it's something like it's a framework somewhere, right? It's Squarespace or mm. something. But if you get into it and it's very well structured, it's it's definitely them. I mean, you can tell like, if it's code commented really well and yeah. if the space, if the spacing is really done well, you, you just know it's them. Um, this was actually like a recruiting strategy at Etsy. We, the front end performance team was trying to hire people. And so they just like put commented code in, in the CSS. And I was like, Oh, if you're looking in here, we're hiring. <laughs> I think uh, in our minified in Jesus. I think SoundCloud does that. that. Maybe like in SoundCloud, if you view the console, it's like, Oh, Hey, you're curious. Do you want to work for us? Yeah. And it's like a link to the jobs yeah, yeah. in the console. That's nice. Pretty good. It's cute. Um, what would your advice be for a designer like on their personal website if they just wanted something up really quick and they just did like did a Squarespace or yeah or like a default WordPress thing? Like, is that okay for designers? I think that's totally okay. Site? Like, I don't hate on that. And like, I we have both hired designers that aren't technical. It's more about yeah. like being open to the idea of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you're hiring the kind of designer that I think that like we both look for, which is someone who I call them full stack designers, other people's call other people call them unicorns, whatever, like, but someone, <laughs> I know, I know we all no, kind of cringe. Know, you know, it's a term that everyone knows. Uh, right? Right. uh, but someone who can like be involved in the entire process, um, it's unlikely that you're going to find someone who's good at everything. So it's okay that you, you have to learn in other ways, but having a sense of process, like if it's a square space size or whatever, having a sense of process is good. Mm. Um, Knowing like it's, it's definitely about like how you got to the solution versus the actual final product. Yeah. So digging into those design roles, like you mentioned the full stack designer, how do you divide up design roles? Where, Where are the splits? Is it, Interaction design and UI design and UX design and no, mm-hmm. or there's, there's no, no splits. Split. Okay, there's no split. I, I like you and Bridge Te- just became best friends. Hashtag Team One Circle. Oh yeah, we don't. Yeah, we've never. I mean, I've never and we've never split that stuff up. Mm-mm. I've been on teams like a few years ago where that stuff was split up, but um, I definitely prefer for things to be more holistic. 
Yeah, I don't understand necessarily how you, how one can be a UX designer. Yeah. With, like that just doesn't make sense to me because everyone has to think about UX all the time. Right, and, right. And if I mean, it's someone else's design, responsibility, yeah. that's like a weird thing. Well, the whole thing is UX. This is a funny thing. It's exactly. like even the visual design exactly. choices you make impact the user experience, mm-hmm. right? It impacts if something is legible, impacts if something is uh, clickable, tappable, right? It's just... Uh, to think that you could just hand off a wireframe and that be the end of your user experience design is just like and not, even if it's, it's something crazy. like super visual like icon design yep it's a lot about how it makes people feel how it communicates the idea like i just don't understand yeah. how mm-hmm. i mean we've done user research out. at etsy that showed that icons are very confusing to people mm-hmm. like very very confusing oh, yeah. we we showed uh x labels yeah i mean we were doing the um so we shipped i think someone a, wrote something about that <laughs> boring designers or something <laughs> huh. that was a pretty good blog post huh some asshole um <laughs> no they, like, we did some research at etsy where we were doing uh we redesigned the uh, one of the major seller tools and uh we were using the gear icon that everybody knows as settings right mm-hmm. and or we were so showing, you think or so you think <laughs> spoilers sorry kim, kim spoiled dun, dun, dun. Kim's, a, kim, kim's a story spoiler <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah. It's habitual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so we were showing it to folks in user research, and it was just like a part of. We weren't like focusing on the icon iconography, right? We were just like, okay, so how would you uh, change the you know whatever for this item? And they they said uh, we heard things like, oh, well, you just click the flower icon, or you just click on the little sun, and no. nobody like. They knew, they knew to click the icon, but they didn't even know what it was. They didn't know it was like a cog. They didn't understand what it was a cog. They yeah. didn't understand the metaphor. And that was so, that resonated so much with me because I was just going like, oh, of course. Right? It's like, it's a hieroglyphic. And people are going to read into what they read into. And if yeah. they're not one of, I mean, they weren't tech. They, these yeah. were like. I had someone sellers. describe one of my gears as a nautical like steering wheel. Once. Yep. And oh, I was man. like. Okay, I'm done. I text quit. labels, <laughs> text labels for life. Big that's shot. all. That's all I have to say. Text labels for life. If you if you care about the Ming red, like <laughs> text labels. Users don't read either. No. <laughs> I I'll, I would bet on that more than I can't. But it's tough because you need to save the space. And like sometimes, I mean, it's fine. It's really funny. They knew, they thought it was a flower yeah. icon, but they knew where what was underneath. Yeah, well, and that's so interesting ha- to me. They've I gone through no their idea. whole life being like, oh yeah, if I want to adjust these things, like I just click the flower because flower i don't know i mean i don't know yeah <laughs> i have no idea how why the app that. grows <laughs> yeah that doesn't make any sense at all. that was really interesting i, I don't and un- we didn't really unpack that i don't think the user researcher like was <laughs> unpacking why they thought it was what it was i feel like last year i saw a lot of literal hamburger buttons and that was like my favorite little oh, sub nice. trend mm-hmm. yeah, i saw that people be like click the hamburger button what button the one that actually looks, looks like, like a hamburger. hamburger. <laughs> Did you see the patties? Was it the Luke Luke Robloski oh, yeah. post about uh, the different meat the ke- navigation kebab menus? The kebab uh, menus. <laughs> yes. What were the other the ones? hamburger? The, the kebab. There was like a whole. There was a whole slew of them. Awesome. I don't remember what they were, but they were great. That was so. Good. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> like I love you, Luke. <laughs> oh God, Luke Robloski, best. I have to call him Luke W because I'm always so afraid of like mispronouncing the last name. I'll stick with W. Sorry, Luke. At Luke W, even he, even he's afraid. He, he's Luke yeah. W. He's like he, he doesn't know how he to pronounce it. He self-branded that <laughs> he way. Knows. That's just what it he is. He knows the yeah. mess. Yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Zach Rozeski. Impossible to spell his name. 
incredible icon designer just remarkably good it's like r-o-s-z-c-z like <laughs> <laughs> and i'm done trying you just stopped yeah. <laughs> yeah. like nope hopefully gmail auto completed there's like, like an e and a w somewhere <laughs> and a ski <laughs> yeah yeah not easy uh what else are you guys excited about in the design world the greater i actually want to know what that spoiler the story spoiler joke was you said that that's a consistent theme is that she spoils stories. I, I do. I kind of get to the punchline uh, before <laughs> he starts telling a story and I'll be like, oh, yeah, like the scale. Are you telling the scale story? Yeah, <laughs> I see. I like, see. She'll dive in. It, it's sometimes it's sometimes a complete spoiler where like we'll be at we, so we host a lot of dinner parties. That's some, we just like to cook and like yeah. have people over and uh, and I'll be telling you never invited us. Yeah, we'll come to New York. If you're in New York, we will do a podcast people, uh, from our apartment. Dinner party dinner podcast party. would be done. amazing. Yeah. Done. Done. Oh, done. We should actually do it. It'd yeah, be let's amazing. Do it. You should actually. I do wasn't it. joking. <laughs> All right, we'll be there. We have yeah. the time. But yeah, I'll be telling a story and and like just jump in with the with like the full ending. <laughs> and I just I just go oh yeah well that was it that was the whole story. <laughs> On yeah, to the next. I mean I was like as a kid I it was kind of the person in the family that you never told secrets to. And it's, <laughs> it's not because I I want to betray Amazing. anyone. It's just like I accidentally do these sorts of things. You just get so, so excited about where it's going. She does. She's yeah, very I understand that. I can yeah. feel you. I was wondering if that was like a movie thing. Like I saw no. this movie. It ends like this. <laughs> <laughs> Gone girl. She goes. <laughs> God, that was pretty good. Slow burn. Yeah. No, that's good. That movie was awful. I haven't. I have. I keep meaning to see it. And I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I spoiled it for you. No, it's it's too late. Now you know what it's happens. Fun. Anyway, dinner party podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it got real dark for a second. Everything got real quiet. It got sad. I, just, I watched that movie on a plane and just like felt sick afterwards. Are we back on Gone Girl again? That's <laughs> yeah, all we're talking that was about. Anyways, how about Avengers Two? That was. That was disappointing. Avengers colon Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't too. seen it yet, so don't spoil how, it, how please. Old, how old it's is so Ultron? Good. I mean, it's the Age of Ultron. How old is Ultron? <laughs> he, I mean, he's like five days old. Yeah. Total. So the Age of Ultron. We, it, it, we already know the answer. He's five so days old. So don't need to see that the That name don't comes from a comic book, and they just thought it was a cool last name? No, I know. I saw the... I, yeah, I read the comic, and it, it's, that makes it okay. which makes it all yeah. more disappointing. Which is funny, because Age of Ultron, the comic, is not about Ultron. Right. No, no, It's no. about the vision. Right. So I was really glad that the vision showed up and was actually pretty dope. That but, was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it explained why Paul Bettany was doing the voice. God, I love the vision. Yeah. So good. One of my favorite characters. Spoilers. I haven't seen it, y'all. Come on. I know. Spoilers. He sees people. He's the vision. Oh, wow. Mm. That's oh. how that works. Mm-hmm. Never also, mm-hmm. he's pretty Snape, awesome. Snape kills Dumbledore. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Snape, Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> You're evil, man. <laughs> Pure evil. That's right. Now it's getting real dark. <laughs> Sorry, do we have design questions? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm happy to do movie trivia. Um, what are you guys excited about in the greater design world right now, mm. or just the greater world, the, the, greater the natural world? world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why don't you in go which first? we live? The, the design. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, what is, I mean, I can share common answers. What's up in New York? Like, what's what's oh, going yeah. on? We, n- we never hear about the East Coast. It basically doesn't exist here. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the IPO. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. Boom. That was, uh, that's that was a, the first big New York startup IPO. I feel like that's, that was a big deal. Crazy. 
And also wow. from a design perspective, like it was incredibly oh God, so thoughtful well and so well executed. We're, I um, mean, spo- I mean, you know, full disclosure, we we worked at Etsy, but like, and we know, right, and we know them right. very well, I mean, and we're like, still very good friends. So with if all you guys buy some Etsy stock, are, are you <laughs> saying you guys had some stock there from having worked there? Yeah, I mean, what? but it's not, you know, whatever. Anyway, yes, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. but no, it was really well designed. That was beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I wasn't familiar with the the like the whole roadshow thing and like the roadshow like deck and video the and what? stuff leading up to IPO. You have yeah. to go do a roadshow with all the investors and stuff. Crazy. Yeah, and so um, the creative director there, Randy, like produced this really like normally it's just like an investment deck, right? Like, and I'm sure that you guys have seen these things, and they're kind yeah. of like by nature terribly designed and as a designer you're like no wait let me help you we can't show this to anyone we can never do this on this thing and I got so many compliments from investors like you actually designed it you designed it this is the greatest yeah we, it's legible, we never see them. It look actually good. Yeah, um, but they produced like that a video slash deck for this thing, and wow. um, it was incredibly like art directed, and of yeah. course like everyone like you know Christina the CFO is in it, and Chad the CEO, like all of the like normal players and they're wearing everything they're wearing is from Etsy, and the entire set like everything is from Etsy, and there's like a lot of like they're like illustrators kind of like drawing the background and it's like it's really beautifully thoughtfully yeah. coolly executed um, is that on youtube or something we can i think eventually it will be yeah, i feel like i got a sneak peek yeah. <laughs> they'll sell it in the handmade video cassette yeah and that and then like down to Laser like disc. doing the pop-up shops in Times square right yeah. and um inviting like etsy sellers <laughs> to be there and one of my favorite images from the day was like in Times square they they have like those um those characters are like superheroes that are dressed up but it's, it's, it's like so, so like it's like off. elmo and monster it's, yeah it's, it's like, like elmo but uncanny uncanny like, valley elmo like knock off <laughs> iron man is there or something and, and they're Titus shopping at an etsy booth like all of these these guys dressed up so yeah, yeah. i don't know I, th- I feel like that i feel like uh it's funny being there you know the new york startup scene is legit like you just like you know it by living there and being a part of it. And that felt like a really important thing for that culture, for like the startup scene in New York for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just like so many cool companies starting up there. And uh, I think it's, it, it's not like a battle, right? It's like San Francisco versus New York. It's just like New York, has its own just scene. It's it just, just isn't as good as San Francisco. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, not, no I mean, it's definitely, because the fight's already been won. Well, it's not. I mean, it's definitely not the prime. I mean, it'll never be the primary technology. will never be the primary, you know, uh, industry there, and that's okay. I actually think it's a benefit to mm-hmm. that that it's not so much like focused on that. But um, I, I, do think it's, I do think it's interesting that a lot of the tech stuff is going there because I always viewed it as like the content is created there for the most part, or mm-hmm. like yep the. Um, Publishing. The traditional uh, distribution networks like newspapers yeah. and things like that mm-hmm. are created there. Yeah. And then there's always like the gold rush of like creating the, like the newest possible thing out here, which mm-hmm. is right. totally different. But right. Yeah. There's like the graphic of New York versus San Francisco on that medium post. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's like going to. A he me- gets all oh. his information from medium. Are you talking about Sarah Cooper's thing? Mm, no. Maybe. It was like, medium. Is that like blogger? It's very similar. It, yeah. Is it yeah. like blogger? I think it's the same guy actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> But yeah, it was like uh, San Francisco. It was like you go to a meetup and it's like tech law, 
tech media, mm-hmm. tech design. You go we, to New York a, and it's like law, media, yes. design. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a bet when we got to the airport. We she, Kim goes, we, we're walking through Terminal 2 and she turns and she goes, 50 bucks to the per- first person who hears a stranger say API. <laughs> and we've, we've been waiting ever since. So I think Brooklyn is starting to catch up. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I was like That's in a coffee the NLP shop the is the, the keyword right now. Oh, NLP. is that anything? NLP? Yeah. yeah. NLP? Neurolinguistic programming? No. Sorry. <laughs> You're way ahead of us. <laughs> so much better. That was much awesome. Better. What is that NLP? Was that Natural was language processing. Ah. Close. Wow. Yeah. That was so, <laughs> so good. I almost got it. I was wow. Close that was deep, man. Impressive. Pretty yeah. close. That's the New York NLP. This is the San Francisco NLP. That's right. The NLP. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, I was, we were at, uh, I mean, the last time we were in San Francisco, we were getting breakfast at Terminal 2 and just like all the conversations around us were everybody Servers with their startup and ideas and like oh talking God. about their, their B rounds. I'm <laughs> like, dude, like you never, you would never hear that at JFK. <laughs> I mean, you hear other things at JFK, yeah. but not that. It's becoming more, yeah. more common, but it's true. Yeah. Do you see your, both of you staying in New York for the long term or do you have visions of trying somewhere else? Yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, I've been in New York for 10 years, right? And like New York was always kind where, of like... Where were you before that? Uh, I was in Baltimore. I went to grad school in Baltimore and I lived there for five years. So everything that's happening in Baltimore right now is like actually yeah. sadly not surprising and then also like pretty close to home for me. Right. But um, yeah, I always thought that I would be in New York forever. I kind of, I love it. Um, it's hard to compare it to anything else. But then I met this guy and I started hanging out in California. She's never, she had never been to the West Coast at all. I, like I, for layovers and stuff. But honestly, yeah, I actually hadn't spent time. Yep. Here. So we've been to LA. We've been to San Francisco. Yeah. A few times. It's pretty sweet. Where do you think of LA? Uh, I've only, so I've only been to LA once and once is not enough. I'm, I'm very like, she really loved the avocado toast that I go to the, the constant stream of avocado toast. Why is this coming up? Yeah. All someone the time? was saying avocado. Chloe was talking Chloe. about avocado toast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was Chloe a great Park. podcast. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> I have to say she was the one right after you. I think. Yeah, no, she was great. I yeah, really, no, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. She's wonderful. We went out and we got avocado shakes. <laughs> what? And she, awesome. somehow that inspired her to have avocado toast. I don't understand that fully. Avocados are great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're like, I'm definitely food is convincing. The produce is convincing. You've been talking about LA. I mean, long term. I mean, right no, you now, I'm at Buzzfeed not LA. for a while. Why not? Why not here? Yeah. I, well, you look, you guys. If the bubble bursts, I will, will be back. We'll come back. <laughs> we just need more cap. If okay. they stop, <laughs> if they stop handing out a rounds at the airport, we'll come back. We'll come back. <laughs> no, those okay. are those are okay. institutional seed rounds. <laughs> <laughs> look, if the if the rent gets cheaper than Manhattan, we'll come back. Like those, there's a lot of. There are a lot of, it's uh, pretty pricey out here. Yeah. There are a lot of, we were actually saying on the train, I was like, hey, so if we moved here, what? where would we live? <laughs> we, we both looked at each other we're and like, we both went, Oakland. Aren't we like, like being Chelsea? We can't afford anything Which I else. think would, I don't know. I've heard, I actually haven't spent a lot of time in Oakland, but to me, it's kind of, I've heard that it's kind of like Brooklyn. And It might be now. I lived in Fruitvale for my first year I, here ooh, in 2007. Fruitvale. I've heard that uh, Oakland is becoming a lot more common for pl- uh, a place for people to live. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the big the problem is like the BART stops at 1150 or whatever. So you can't, if you want to hang out in the city, I mean, I guess the bars goes at 1230. So we had last call at 1230 last night. That was crazy. That was crazy. Oh yeah. But it, I like, I like, like that four, it right? enforces you to be like, like semi-responsible. Wake up tomorrow. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the last call stop. at 1230? Where? 
Festa Wine Bar, which yeah. is also, by the way, no knocks on Festa, my favorite karaoke bar in San Francisco. It's my favorite, like, it's a secret that nobody really knows about. It's in a mall. And now I'm on a podcast talking about it. Yeah. But it's in Japantown. It's next to the we're Kabuki Theater. We're past the time, so we're going to cut this out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Kabuki uh, Cinema, right? The Yes, Kabuki is so, the greatest theater so great, in the city. there's that mall next to it. Yes. So everything is shut down in that so mall, Japantown. right? It's, it looks closed. You can go into the mall, go upstairs, walk across the sky bridge, and right in the middle is Festa Wine Bar. And it is a ve- it's probably the size of this kitchen. And it is the most amazing karaoke bar that nobody knows about. Apparently, Korean karaoke is where the money's at. That's sure. supposed to be the best kind because you all go into like a private room and you just do it with your friends. All right. Yeah. So this is like, this is, so Kim likes a private room. And what's nice about Festa is, is it's so small. That it feels it's like a private public a room. Yeah, yeah. It feels that way. Private public room. Well, the but first time I, I mean, went there, there's there was still no a one stage. There. There's still a stage yeah. with a, with a, uh, a like a cardboard cutout San Francisco backdrop. That's like back. Yeah. It's beautiful. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> highly recommend. Very beautiful. Highly recommend. Interesting. What What would you say is my now nowadays? What do you think, my? I think it's, it's probably dead like, or alive. It's right? dead or alive. Stories. Yeah, I want a dead or alive yeah. for sure. Yeah. What's yours, Kim? Uh, shoop. Anything by, like, I'm kind of like a hip-hop per- person, so anything by, like, salt and pepper. I can see that. It's very clear. Yeah. She knows all the words, too. She just, she can, like, rock. I really want to do these She can rock shoop. She can. I, I just don't even, I, I, she's doing all the, I mean, because it's a really fast song. It's actually, like, Yeah, I mean, lady. like, the mistake that you. How do you feel about Twista? Twista. <laughs> uh, wait. <laughs> you don't, no. Slow no. Jams. Oh, uh, yeah. By Twista. Uh, like it sounds familiar but it's not i actually don't remember awesome all right we should go yeah yeah let's wrap up uh anything about that time anything you guys want to plug or shout out before you head off are you hiring am i hiring you're not right now right we're not hiring right i'm now. hiring right now <laughs> you are if you, if buzzfeed is hiring if buzzfeed you're a product designer or amazing product design manager and you would like a job it's just cap at buzzfeed.com send me send me those those sweet deeds would it be awkward if i were hiring I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't want to compete. Get some more Hire fight. We have a deal not to compete over over hiring. So. Ooh, that's an. Like Next we won't, time. We won't, we won't tell each other who we're who we're talking to because Our, we don't. A relationship want to, based non compete. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't want to do it. So, awesome. Tough, cool. Yeah. Beat. Thanks cool. for stopping by. Again. No, this was great. This was Again, awesome. good to meet you guys in person. Anything finally. else you want to plug? At Cap at Kim Boss. At Cap yep. at Kim Boss. Yep. She uses the force. That's what the that's what her bio says. Hey, we finished the episode. You made it all the way through. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have thoughts, suggestions, criticisms, feedback, comments, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. You can mention us. I'm or- not going to say they beat the Kim Boss. That sounds bad. Or you can shoot us a DM. Let's start over with that one. Okay. You made it all the way through. Congratulations. That was the end of the episode with Cap Watkins and Kim Boss. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have thoughts, feedback, suggestions, criticisms, or Keep comments, it to yourself. We don't want to no, no, hear no, no, it. No, 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 no. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. Our inbox is open. You can DM us or you can mention us. Give us all your feedback in pure emoji form, please. Ooh, we'd love that. That'd be super neat. Uh, of course, if, if the show is really helping you out or meaning something for you, leave us a review on iTunes. That really means a lot to us. We really enjoy reading those. It, is, it makes my day every time I read them. It really does. It makes our day. So if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes and uh, check us out. We'll be back next Monday with Michael Schultz.